0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Alex More podcast. And tonight we have Dr. Tanya Miller and Sherry Teague, our representative of PT Proud. We at the Alex More uh full transparency podcast. So whatever you hear or whatever you see on tonight's podcast will be full transparency. If you're offended,
1: hey. What? Sorry. It is what it is. I mean, we've always been true to ourselves, Mo, that that our platform is for people to feel comfortable to say what they want to say and how they want to say it. Um, we don't owe anything to anybody. We are very comfortable in our own skin and how we go about handling ourselves and doing business. So the people we have on our show um, should feel the same. Well, we
2: exactly. appreciate We appreciate the opportunity.
1: So... PT Proud,
0: tell us about it for those who don't know, because not everybody belongs in the APTA. Is an APTA member? How did PT Proud come about, and what and who does it represent?
3: So, PT Proud was the brainchild of students. So I just want to put a plug in there for PT students. You know, when PT students say, "Well, I'm not in the profession yet. What can I do?" I go back to PT Proud because PT Proud is here because of students. Mm -hmm. So some students of Mel Hoffman, Dr. Mel Hoffman um, and Carla Bell, they started PT Proud and uh, because it needed representation of um, members that were not students. um, That's how Mel and Carla got started with it. And it really started as a catalyst group in the Academy of Leadership and Innovation. Uh, At that time it was HPA. And it worked as a catalyst group for a while. And then they realized that there was a lot of interest in understanding more about our communities and support. And it kept getting more and more members, a lot of students again. Way to go students. So um, they decided to make it a committee and give it some funding so we could do some things with it. And the last year we worked to upgrade our bylaws and to really formalize elections. And we are now a special interest group under the Academy of Leadership and Innovation. So it's really grown, but it's because of students, which I just think is really an awesome, cool thing. And I actually only got involved with it um, when it was a committee. I have interested in helping with bylaws and formation. So I helped him with getting to becoming a special interest group.
0: Man, that's awesome. I mean, these new crop of students and future therapists, hats off to them. I might give it to them because. I, I,
1: I was just going to say that, Mo. Man, just say that. for
0: years, for years, even though.
3: Was I was just worried was about the I, I had, and had to practice. A beer so even
0: scared, at
3: Yeah, <laughs> so no, girls, I mean.
0: Come out and form a, a group.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, so I feel like I feel like we've got a a, a huge crowd of very determined uh, young therapists, new therapists, whatever you want to call them, um, because we're getting a ton of momentum. Obviously, with the PT proud, um, you've got a lot coming out of school and doing their own thing and starting their own practices and and elevating the profession as a whole, I feel, um, to, to try to get to this new level. So yeah, kudos to, to all those new, uh, members of our profession. You guys are definitely, uh, pulling your weight and, and kind of carrying a bunch of other people to, to raise their standards as well.
3: I think they're, they're frustrated mm-hmm. and they, they don't like where the profession is going with reimbursement and how they have salaries and also who
2: they recognize and who they advocate for. And they're standing up. and I love it.
3: Mm-hmm. What we need.
2: They don't see themselves being reflected back at them. And that's, that's super important for this next generation, that they feel that sense of inclusivity, that they, that they can see themselves being in those higher level positions. And I think that, you know, I remember the first meeting, I remember that it was sort of a PT Proud's meeting in this room, you know, it was a whisper that was going around and and everybody wasn't quite so out at that time. And this was what, 2019, 2018, it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, even um, sooner than that, I think. It's been, yeah, a few years, two years or so before that. And and they had them in a room that was kind of, you know how that goes with those little meetings that you set up outside of the rooms at CSM. And they had it in a room that was sort of tucked away and you had to ask to find it. And, and when you finally got there, but when you opened the door it was like opening the door with, you know, the rainbows coming out at you. It was, it was packed to the gills. Um, everybody was standing against the wall, sitting on the floor. I mean, it just was, and it was a decent sized room. And, 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 the students had, you, know, you were there, Mo, I think we actually walked <laughs> over there together and, and <laughs> the students were presenting it. And it was just the, it was just the neatest thing. You could tell from the energy in that room that it was going to become something.
0: Most definitely. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, as you said, you know, a lot of us try to hide it or not be open about it. So it was definitely refreshing and it gave me courage to be like, you know what? Screw it. Just be you. you That's know? Right. So
2: That's
0: right. hats off to them. The, so
2: they, hey, to- they're, still, they're still around. Some of them are in committee lead positions now. So, so they're still, they're still doing the hard work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Uh, um, I'm glad, but um, so do you feel that
2: now that it is um,
0: under the, you said which academy it's under now? Academy of Leadership and Innovation, which is
3: the old HPA.
0: Okay. Um, was it strategic that you guys went under that specific academy and no one else?
3: Yeah, I think it was because we the kind first of all, it's Academy of Leadership and where do we need to be, but in leadership and it also is that academy that really deals with policy and and guiding what's going on. And unfortunately, a good amount of time that we spend as PT Proud is advocating and fighting because there are so many changes happening right now on a state level that is, that is impacting our community and impacting how we care for patients and not enough is being done. And so we find ourselves spending all of our time Advocating and fighting and looking at these laws and, and talking about what needs to be done and where do we go next?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. about state state laws, um, <laughs>
3: I know both Alex and uh, Sherry are in
0: Florida. Good lord! <laughs>
3: it's okay, I'm calling in from Texas,
0: <laughs> and you are currently in Texas, but you don't yeah. you don't live there. Does um, not two of the major states that we host uh, conferences and but they have some really bizarre bans on on certain things so it affects the population that we treat Um, it affects clinicians who are treating and who are gay so how can PT PROUD help with advocating for clinicians and patients when it's just part of an academy, but not really the
2: APT itself, putting out a statement. So I'll, I'll, let me start, Tanya, and okay. you'll you, you'll clean it up because I'll probably make trouble. Um, let, let's start with where those those are being held. I think that it's been a long-standing pr- tradition that you know uh, CSM can only go certain places because of the size of the conference. It has to have a certain amount of um, housing. It has to have a certain size of venue. Um, and when all these things started happening, probably during the pandemic um, or right before the pandemic, when all these things, these rules started getting a little bit more fundamental, fundamentalist, um, and and not to offend anybody, but just became very, very much more strict. There was already conversations going on between PT Proud and, and the mothership, the APTA, about those locations. I think... I saw a lot of chatter and a lot of conversation and a lot of um, hand-wringing over the World PT Conference being in Dubai, and, and this just happened in the last week, um, because of their human rights stances. Well, the same thing goes for if those, those conferences are going to be held in Texas or Florida or um, any of the states that have the draconian laws, not just with the LGBTQIA, but also some of the other laws that are pretty draconian about when they can or cannot receive certain types of care at certain at certain frame points in their life we've never been met we've never had a real substantive conversation that could affect change and and it's sort of just like oh well we can't change it stop and you get a, you get you know, talk to the hand there's just not there's not any movement towards that and it's very frustrating it's very frustrating in fact i personally did not attend csm last year because it was in san antonio no, thank you. Or, or the year before last when it was in San Antonio. Um, I, no, thank you. Um, it wasn't, it was in San Diego this past time, right? Yeah. Okay. And it hailed. Just Yeah. And it hailed. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where you have to, we, there were people making personal stances, but it's not moving the needle at the mothership. And that's, that's very frustrating for us as it is for a lot of members.
1: Now, as far as Florida, because if, from what I remember, we were supposed it was CSM was supposed to be in Orlando the year that COVID mm-hmm. hit. Right. right. And then I don't think that it was ever at least scheduled to be in Florida again anytime soon. Cause when I've looked, it just hasn't been there. Was that at all related to any of that? Or that was just
3: kind I think of- because no, I think they schedule them many-
2: out so many years. They schedule them out years in advance. Yes. Yeah. And I think the pandemic was considered an act of God. So they probably got all their money back from the venues that they had already made reservations. Um, that's, you know, that's one of those things like a, like a natural disaster or something like that. I think that they were able to not have to promise to come back within a certain number of years afterwards. Um, and But, but no, I mean, would do we think and Tanya, you can answer it for yourself, but do I think that they would schedule in Florida tomorrow if they had the opportunity and it came along? Yeah, I think they absolutely would. Hmm. So to kind of build on what you're talking
3: about, Sherry, and this is beyond the conferencing, but just st- statements from APTA and support of our community from APTA. And this is Tanya speaking, not as a representative of PT proud, because I'll probably get myself in trouble. Um, but, you know, I've been a member from the APTA since 1980 something or 1990 when I was a PT student. And I've always been supportive of the organization and love the organization. But I think that they don't have their way right now with how to support us. They want to support us, but when it comes down to it, I think they're afraid to to make a bold statement and to be out there and supporting PT Proud and supporting our communities um, because they have a lot of members that would give pushback to that. Mm -hmm. And um, because of that, when you see statements coming out, it'll say PT Proud makes this statement, not APTA, PT Proud. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we had a conversation about a statement we put out in response to transgender care, and it was from PT Proud. It was not from APTA. And I think that that's from me personally is one of my frustrations that we just haven't found our voice as an association, and I don't know why we can't. Um, if you look at the AMA, they found their voice. They'll come out in support of transgender care. They're very clear about gender affirming care, um, and support of our community. So I just don't I just don't think we found our way yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, to be quite honest with you, I think money talks. Um it's such as life that if you have to choose who you offend, you tend to pick the group that's not marginalized. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh those who belong in the PT pro community are considered a marginalized group. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like, hey, you guys could get over it. Um, but the ones who aren't are the ones who are more outspoken. Um, and if they choose to make an individual stance, like you know Sherry did, not showing up to CSM, but pull their company's sponsorship out of a conference or stop paying dues for their employees, that has a huge financial impact on on the organization so i i think a lot of it speaking from this uh position as a business owner has to do with with money sure. and offending the least amount of people
1: <laughs> so <laughs> but you,
0: i mean but you know, I think, no, no.
1: go ahead alice i was just gonna say like i, I think the apta has been consistent in the fact, and not necessarily a good thing, but they have been consistent in the fact that they just don't speak out on any matters, right? Like, whether it's the proud stuff, it's the gun reform, mm-hmm. uh, abortion, you know, because they've had opportunities, right? And and all of these social issues impact our patients in one form or another, uh, whether it's the gun reform stuff, or the abortion stuff, or women's health, right? But they've never made a statement. But like you said, Tanya, the AMA, anytime, you know, when we've had the moments of the gun stuff being at the forefront, they said something. When it was the, you know, Roe versus Wade and and the abortion stuff was at the forefront, they once again came out and say something mm-hmm. said something. Um whereas the APTA has always just kind of said, hmm, we're gonna hold back here and, and kind of toe the line as to how we can kind of navigate this and not really say anything, but you know, whatever yeah, they, the case. May be. They
2: actually did make an official statement pretty boldly about gun gun control. They they did make a statement about that. And they made it from the APTA that they supported reasonable gun gun control that could decrease the amount of injuries or something like that. I don't have it right in front of me, but they were pretty firm on that.
1: Okay, so I corrected.
2: No, 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 and, and, and that's okay because the other things like Roe v. Wade and like um, LGBTQ or QA, they, they don't take a stance on that stuff, but I'm going to kind of go back to what Mo said. It is about money for their members. What we're talking about affects patients and patient care and the access to care. That is way larger than a, a body of 100,000. That's millions of people. Potentially, right? Hundreds of thousands of people um, that are going to have limited care, be it women's health, be it, um, you know, transitional care for transgender individuals. Um, the things that are happening at the state legislatures are not about our profession. They're about our patients being able to receive care and whether our professions could be under some sort of criminal liability by providing that care. So so it's it's one of those things where you go. Wait a minute. Aren't we supposed to treat patients, all of them? Isn't that in our ethics and our bylaws? That's that. That's my concern is that, yeah. Okay. You want to keep your hundred thousand plus members. Fine. Okay. Got it. So-and-so writes a big check. Got it. But what about that you know, rural patient with CP who has two moms that nobody will go to the houses. They're afraid they'll get arrested.
3: Well, and one of our core values of the APTA is social responsibility. So how are we aligning with that core value? And our vision is to transform society. How are we aligning with that vision if we are not willing to put our neck out? You can't transform anything by sitting back and saying, well, I'll be quiet and I'll wait and I'll sit at the sideline. You can't transform things that you have to be out in front. Um, So I don't see us, our actions aligning with our vision.
0: A very valid point. Now, with regards to the AMA, there's power in numbers. They are well supported. They have money,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and when you're in a position like that, you're not afraid of being canceled right. <laughs> because you're gonna keep growing. And I think that's the challenge with our profession, um, an organization. We it's it's very shaky. What uh, not many people are staying. As members Um, so it has been a challenge to grow uh, the APTA but I don't know what we can do individually I I know if I see a group like PT Proud wanting to make changes and representing my concerns and my needs I would gladly join and be part of that so maybe they allow Groups like PT Proud and others that represent individual um values for people to show representation. Mm-hmm. That's just a thought.
2: And and the nice thing is is that since PT Proud, there's other um sections that ha- other academies that have PT Proud like groups. And I know sports does. Um pretty sure Peds does. Tanya, do you know of any other? Well, and there's state chapters that do too. So yeah.
3: That's been a great, and and we've seen this the way APTA is structured with its sections. A lot of the work starts grassroots through the sections and through the chapters, and and you are starting to see that rumbling where the ped section is. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know if it's the Academy of Pediatrics, it probably is now, um, but the Academy of Pediatrics is you know focusing on. Um, athletes and, and, and transgender children and how do you best support them and protect them and sports medicine is getting involved. So the more that we can build from that grassroots and put that pressure up, I think is is the way we have to do it and we have to continue mm-hmm. to do it. And we need our students to stay, willingly stay involved in APTA and make that change because I think that that next generation is really going to f- force the change and and require it.
1: In any shape, realm of possibility, do you think that something like that can happen without the APTA? And the reason I ask is because, in my opinion, and I'm not an APTA member, haven't been an APTA member probably for for at least 10 years or so. Um, And and last
0: time was on uh, Anaheim, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, that was the last, that was the actual last year that I was an APTA member. Um, I I don't feel that they've found quite the way to show a value that can apply across the board to most clinicians, right? So they don't see the value. So therefore they're not going to join, you know, you you take random PTs and, and I'll use Facebook, but Facebook is a whole nother dimension, but. The the one thing that people tie apta membership to, right or wrong, is reimbursement.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So, mm-hmm. so if reimbursement is slow, it's apta's fault. And mm-hmm. so because it's the APTA's fault, like I'm not joining, right? They can't get my reimbursement rates, which therefore means I can't get a higher paycheck, so they're worthless. Mm-hmm. So how is this possible to even to do or accomplish without them, because right now the APTA membership numbers aren't there, at least from what I can see. Um, and and I don't look at that information or even really know, I'm just making an assumption, but I feel like this would almost have to be able to happen without the APTA because they're not willing to meet halfway as of right now. And they don't have the funding or the, the numbers to be able to push it. Does that make sense?
2: No, you're right. You're right. And then there's been some there's been some hiccups along the way. I think that, you know, not getting the direct access through the, the doctoring um, and, and Tanya, I'm gonna ping you a little bit, but but not getting that direct access as a as a frontline provider with getting the doctorate was a big hit, right? Not having insurances accept that as a as a as a first stop of care. Is, was a big hit to the profession. And I think that they're they're still battling with that because it was the increase in the tuition, it was the increase in the time, all of the dedication. And then I come out with a DPT. And now what? Right? You, you're, you're being supervised by people who don't have a DPT. You're you're basically a very fancy doctor, but you're not able to bill directly for Medicare. Your most major insurances don't take you all those things that needed to happen that we were kind of all relying on the APTA to, to somehow do never occurred. And it hasn't occurred to date. And and with the way things are going in Medicare being the largest payer in the country, it doesn't appear that it's going to. And I think, Alex, what you're saying is right. It may have to occur outside of that organization. Um, and and Tanya can talk a little bit more about the DPT thing, but it's it's one of those things where you, it's a, such a necessary profession. You hope people can organize. But right now, the only thing we have is APTA. So organizing within it, under and through the academy level and working your way up and being in the House of Delegates and all the things that you're involved with, Mo, is important. You have to be willing to stand at the microphone and make your point, you know, and and keep beating it and keep kicking and, and keep swimming, if you will, and until something actually gets done. Well, and I think, too, Partnering
3: with other organizations, like I know, I just sent over to Sherry. There's the LGBTQ, you know, group within the AMA. I keep going back mm-hmm. to the AMA because they've done such a nice job. But you know, partnering with those organizations and not riding their coattails, but get, using the strength of that organization and what they're doing to help to make change and to yep. connect, I think, is another way for us to to move things forward for our profession. And you know, maybe kind of pull our association along because we're working in collaboration with others. So you know, one of my goals is to reach out to them and say, okay, how do we work together? How do we, you know, join forces? We all care about our patients. You know, when this comes right down to it, yes, our profession is important, but we care about our patients. Our patients don't have access to care. Mm -hmm. Care that they need and they deserve. And you know, there is already a significant reduction in. Members of our communities seeking care because they are afraid to seek care, and then we do these these laws that are coming out just makes people seek even less care. Mm-hmm. So we know if we're going to address chronic illness, and we know we're going to and we're going to change things within our in our nation, we need to have everybody feel comfortable accessing care.
0: Mm-hmm. The collaboration piece is very important. So I'm I'm glad to hear that you are looking and collaborating with, like, uh, the AMA and others. I, I think one thing that is essential is for us to do strategic partnerships. So whether it's AMA, speech, OT, whatever, I think as a community, we can, we can affect change. So mm-hmm. let's try to do it. Um, <laughs> I know, like, a lot of companies say... They do diversity, equity, inclusion stuff. They get the paperwork involved. You might be working in a company, belonging in a company, and you have no idea because you don't see it. So everything seems to be of like face value. (laughs) So uh, being part of leadership in PT Proud, um, you've probably made recommendations. I know I've been to a couple... uh, webinars and um, talks about adjusting, like, demographics and all that stuff, even, like, the bathroom stuff. I see some bathrooms... I was at a conference today, uh, well, over the weekend it ended today, where you saw a unisex bathroom, but you still saw, like, the men, women stuff separate. But on the registration stuff, male, female, non gender non-binary. So, I mean... Some places don't have it, so even within the PT profession, when you go to register as a patient, some of those changes have not been done. Mm-hmm. Um, but changes start with us. How can PT proud encourage private practice clinics, hospitals, and others to be mindful mm-hmm. of these small st- small things that will make Patients feel included, or even want to seek care. It,
2: it's been—it's a constant refrain, right? We—we we started talking about that back in uh, PT after dark. That first—that first year, uh, Monique, that, that was a, a subject that came up on that panel that we did, and I think so we actually have, have sent formal formal letters of request and attended meetings and done different things at the apta level to get some of the demographics on the website changed um it is you know that is that's something that is a, a front a front of mind issue for pt proud and and the other um section organizations as well
3: yeah and i think it's it's multi i don't think it's just one thing that we can do it's multifactorial. we have to um you know involved with um uh, again with mel hoffman and carla and the research that they're doing looking at Our communities and physical therapy, um, you know, they've been doing it from a patient's perspective, from a faculty perspective, from a student perspective, you know, so understanding and publishing research and getting that literature out there, I think, is one thing that's important. Obviously, literature comes out slowly, so that's, you know, a slow-moving impact, but also making employers aware and making the clinicians aware and asking for it. Uh, because that's that's the other thing is people don't even realize what they need to ask for and how do they be how are they able to you know make their patients feel more included. Um, mm-hmm. You know clinicians don't know that their patients might not feel comfortable because you know the consent forms weren't worded correctly and they didn't have the right pronouns on the consent form or they used the wrong name for somebody. and clinicians don't even know what to ask. I think people are confused. and so I think it starts with you know, getting at that level too. So getting the literature out there, getting the support out there, helping the frontline clinician, it's there's so many different areas that we have to keep working towards to make those changes.
2: I think I think your know, brave space training is always a good thing too. I mean that, that's something that that PT Proud has done as pre-con education for the last few years and that's teaching clinics and teaching individuals how they can make themselves more accepting And what the literally what the steps are, you know, do this, then do this then do that. And I've I've seen people really have um, uh, interesting changes in that in that training. When I went through it myself, just for my own edification, there was a gentleman there who was actually um, just put in a position at New York, one of the New York downtown hospitals on the gender reassignment floor. He was the physical therapist and he felt completely out of his depth. And so he came to the brave space training to learn and he left in tears Mm. and, and, and just the light bulb. And here was a guy that was already accepting and already accepted the position that was going to help a lot of people when he got educated and realized what it was that was happening and how, you know, how it had historically happened. He was overcome and he was like, "I, I didn't know that this was this way. And it's like, yeah. And, and so, so, you know, getting more people, not just members of our community, but members outside of our community, to get into those brave space trainings and learn as much as they possibly can is a is a game changer.
1: Is that something that that is only done as a pre-con or does that happen throughout the year?
2: Um, it's it's historically only been a pre-con, right T?
3: Yeah, it's only been a pre-con. And actually, unfortunately last year, we didn't have enough people sign up, so we did cancel it. Um, but we have talked about how do we do it throughout the year, and how do we make it um, as everybody kind of knows the lamp leadership training. <coughs> so we make it like lamp. Jimmy Jimmy has PT Pankas has been encouraging
0: those who have had rejection for their CSM submission to actually use Twitter or podcasts to talk about stuff. So. Yeah.
2: That might be something we, we talked about doing this, some Twitter live events and some things they're going, I do the social media and the public relations for PT proud. That's my role. And um, we have to do some of that stuff. And and if I can, if I can, for just a minute, if you are a member of HPA or, or the Academy of leadership innovation, and you want to become part of PT proud, please go to the PT proud link and sign up. We're looking for people to fill really integral positions. So that was my little PSA. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that would be something that um, could potentially reach a lot more people in in Mm -hmm. an informal setting. Right. So I guess kind of safe in a way. Right. Mm Because you can kind of do it, you know, in your own space or however you want to do it, but still able to get that information, which is ultimately the the most important aspect. Right. It's Mm -hmm. it's getting that information out to clinicians, um, like you said, in and out of the community, Yep. So that you can start to make those changes in your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, you know, you guys at PT Proud can be doing all this great stuff, which you are. But if we don't take it to our practice, to our community, and, and start to implement it there, then then it's really hard to make that meaningful change that, that we're trying to get um, for our patients. Because as, as we've mentioned um, here before, like, Ultimately, that is the most important thing. The profession is what the profession is. And yes, we want all these great things to happen for the profession, but our patients need to get the care, um, and what they, you know, where they belong, where they live, how they identify should not be a, a stop sign, so to speak, as to why they can't get what they need or feel comfortable. Uh, in getting that. So, you know, whatever we can do as clinicians to help them feel more comfortable, I think would go a long way.
2: And and if I can just for a second, you know, a lot of people wait until it becomes an emergency before they act on something like, you know, you have a a small repair in your house. You go, yeah, 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 yeah. Until the pipe completely bursts and then you got to take care of it. Right. So if people are waiting for that point of impact, we're, we're past that point of impact right now. I have Mm -hmm. to tell people, the red light is flashing the alarms are going off the things that are happening at the state level and i'm i, I live in florida and, and so does alex and we can speak to directly some of the legislation that has happened in the last valley last six months in florida and and i i actually received my health care at the university of florida um health care clinics that are in different cities in florida and they actually led on DEI for years. They had their awards from, you know, Glad and, and Trevor Project and everything, and they displayed them all over the place. Their intake forms had all the right language. They made a point of asking the right questions. They do not anymore. Because they're funded by the state, at ele- because Florida is a state school when those, when those laws went into effect, the, the draconian laws of saying no more DEI programs in state colleges, you know, counting the number of transgender individuals in the colleges that are receiving care, um, all those kinds of things, it made a ground level impact where all that DEI incentives that, was, that happened prior to that legislation are literally gone. And all the effort that was happening at the, at the colleges, at the state colleges, is gone. And, and so, you know, the, we're past the time of action. We have to do, we have to get involved. We have to get activated and and we have to make change. We have to at least, you know, get our claws in the ground and hold on because, you know, the storm's still raging. We just have to be able to survive it and move forward from there. And, and I, you know, I don't mean to sound like a doomsdayer, but, but that's just where we are. And, and so we spend a lot of our time trying to digest the, 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 um, the legislation that's going on all over the country and trying to see which is the biggest fire you know as far as where we're going to put our efforts and and that's a that's a very difficult thing but i have to tell you the leadership that we have tanya and mel and and previously carla and everybody that's been fighting this fight you know we're not tired we're not done so I mean, I hope I hope that we can get people excited about coming and joining us. It's not all bad. I mean, it is Pride Month after all. Let's let's smile. Um <laughs> Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Um and Pride I, celebrations
3: you know, have gone on regardless.
2: That's right. <laughs> we're dancing regardless. And and you know, we're dancing and we're singing and we're and we're dressing and in all the crazy colors. I just went to Pride this last Saturday. It was awesome.
1: Um and, I, you know, I read I read that here, well, in St. Petersburg. Um, they've had, they had like one of the higher attendances that they've had in, in quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, from what I know about St. Pete, it's always been kind of a leader, um, in, in the community in, in bringing people from all over the country, right. uh, to, to celebrate and to do that stuff. So, um, you know, yeah, it, it's, our been, local
2: pride, our local pride was threatened up to the last minute. There was a gentleman who was part of a um, right-wing coalition, and he went to our city council. And because our pride is held in the local park where there's playground equipment, he thought that that was inappropriate for children. And so he actually had our city council uh, redo a vote. They had brought it before him again. And it was unanimous for us to keep pride because we've done everything permit-wise. The person who leads our pride is amazing. Everything was correct permit wise. We agreed that we would not have a children's area, which has always historically been at the pride events. Because you know, here's a here's a sneak preview: gay people have children. Imagine, it's shocking, I know. Um, but there was a place where they could they could hang out and and you know draw and and do you know play with balloons, do whatever. But they had we had to agree to get a, to not have a children's area this year as part of the agreement. But again, see that, that
3: chipping away, that's what's uh-huh. really scary. And what we have to, you know, and plus the statement that that makes, you know, not to agree, mm-hmm. well, why do we have a children's area? What is that saying? And, you know, kind of that pushing, going backwards. And, um, and I know that several of the advocacy groups have come out and said that, you know, putting out travel advisories for safety for members of our communities into Florida. So we literally have mm-hmm. safety travel advisories for our own country right now.
2: Mm-hmm. The NAACP, um, Human, Rights Co- or Human Rights Campaign, and Equality Florida put out those warnings for Florida.
0: Yes, so uh, uh, I, I, got, I got that one from the NAACP, and um, of course, a, a very popular um, conservative speaker said, um, I'm sure you guys in Florida would not be missing any tips from us. So, you know.
1: I did remember (laughs) reading something like that. Oh, Um, good. I want to ask you, though, like, clearly there's, for lack of a better word, and and I want to be sensitive here because there has been tragic stuff that's happened, but there's clearly attacks from the outside, right? Mm -hmm. Like, all these different movements and things that are attacking the community. What, if any, are there... From within like do you feel like there's anything inside the community that is maybe hindering uh the, the progress um i and i and i asked that like honestly sure. not knowing no this, no i think
3: it's a great yeah, question, no, that's, and i think you know that's a great question because that's unfortunately there within any community there's always strife between groups um, and you know and individuals not understanding others. Um, and I see it in our own communities. you know I have a, a large lesbian community um, in a beach area that in Delaware that we go to on a regular basis. and you know talking to my friends there who don't interact interact and have the opportunity to engage with individuals um, who are transgender and they don't understand the transgender community as well. And you know, just, having again it comes down to education and and having people know somebody in their lives mm-hmm. and being impacted by that person personally um so like having being able to sit down and have that on conversation with somebody and say let me tell you what i know from my experience and and the friends and colleagues that i have you know have had in my life so being able to have those conversations and you're right there's there's barriers there because oh well you know we have our our rights and everything so why do i have to worry about supporting the transgender community you know it's them over there that are being attacked not myself personally so really getting people to understand how we have to be there for each other and and build up our communities i think is really important
2: i i was so happy when the the flag was changed and it included all the colors but not but also black and brown which i thought was just fantastic um, I think it's super important that any marginalized community has their has their arms linked with the other marginalized communities to hold a firm wall I think that without doing that then they're going to they're going to you know take take whatever advantage they can and you know we have to remember and I have to tell myself this pretty frequently because Tanya and I both are consumers of the news I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way it's the best way to say it and, and one of the things that we little, have to remember, joke remind to. myself of <laughs> consistently is that 35 percent of the population just absolutely hates our guts. They hate the guts of anybody on this call right now. They really do. But that's only three or three to four out of 10. You know, there's still that other six and a half, that other 65 percent. That, that want to be inclusive. You know, if you look at some of the Roe v. Wade legislation, it's over 75%. If you look at the LGBTQIA, DAI stuff, it's high. The numbers are high. The the approval ratings of everybody being inclusive is in the 70s and 80s. But that's not what we see quite, quite commonly because that minority is extremely agile. They're extremely focused and they have a mission. They're all following that one line of conversation and they've all gotten in line behind that. So they appear to be much larger than 35%. Whereas on the 65%, we're like, Oh yeah, come on, come to the party. Oh, I like you too. You like me. It's just all over the place. Everybody can come to the party, but what we're doing is we're partying. You know, we're not organizing. We're not getting ourselves ready for battle. And I think that that's been a disadvantage over the years. And so it, I I love the, the younger generation, the millennials and the Gen Zs. They're going to make the difference. I, I just so so enthralled about what happened in Wisconsin. The, the voter turnout up there to get that judge in place recently was amazing. So so we have to become better organized on our side and and, you know, just do what you do if you were in a playground you had 6 of your buddies against 3 others you know i mean it that's not really even a fair fight right so just if we ha- we can't sit on that laurel though we have to organize that laurel and 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 fight back against it every time we're confronted with it it's super super important you know you can't be quiet you have to you have to stand up and say no you know that's not right this is what we're going to do everybody's welcome here though so. Um,
0: it's, it's interesting that you'd say that the 30, 30 to 35%, they move in unison and you're right. Um, I happen to be black, I also happen to be gay, but there are blacks who aren't gay who probably feel that the gay community move in unison and tend to have more support or advancement of, um, stuff in certain professions and in society. Mm -hmm. Uh, so when you get it that pushback, what what would you say?
2: I'm gonna let Tanya handle that one. She's probably a little bit more politically correct than me. Well, I, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think that we
3: again unfortunately sometimes groups that are experiencing discrimination and marginalization instead of bonding together, pushed back against each other, you know, and, and it doesn't do any of us any good. And just think if we all actually sat down and said, listen, we need to move forward as a group and how can we move things forward that helps all of us and and supports all of us. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have the answer, but I it's important. We need to do it. I don't know it, what the it, answer is. It, it definitely <laughs> yeah. is important, but all right. So
0: let me put something, I mean, I guess because of my bills and how I dress, it's obvious. But if I were to dress otherwise, the first thing that people are gonna recognize from me if I go into a house to provide service is that I'm black. So the needs uh, of a black person to advance in or profession is different from, could be different uh, from what it is of a gay person. And especially Mm -hmm. if it's a Caucasian gay person. Or if it's a Hispanic gay person. So yes, we are all marginalized, all four of us, Alex included, yeah, even though you're a man, but you're Hispanic. Um, but it's we we have a different level of of stuff. I mean, there's a racism, Mm -hmm. there's a sexism, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it's it's like your friends who are lesbian versus how they feel about people who are transgender. It's it's mm-hmm. it's similar, it's that similar mm-hmm. dynamic. So to come to a, a middle ground, although it would work if we do, it's 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 kind of a struggle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We need to sit down at a table and talk, and hopefully,
3: like DEI committees can can do that, but well, I- I think you make a great point because, you know, that's one of the challenges of DEI committees is they, you know, depending on who's in that DEI committee is the direction that committee takes, Mm -hmm. you know, it might not look at everybody's interest. And, um, you know, what you were talking about is, you know, good old intersectionality, which, you know, I love, it's been, it's been beat up in the media and um, abused by the right, but intersectionality is, you know, the intersection of our lived experiences. And you, you described it so elegantly about your identities and how they intersect and which identity takes precedent in certain circumstances. And we need to sit down at the table and understand each other's lived experiences and say, okay, how does this law or how does this impact? But that's that's sitting down at a table and having a communication together and then deciding to move forward and to push back against discrimination as a group. And, and that's hard to do. It's, it's not an easy task. And, you know, there are some days, especially when we're meeting at eight 9 o'clock at night, you know, with PT proud, and we're looking at all this stuff. And I, I turn into a pumpkin, you know, between nine and 10. Um, And I'm starting to fade and I'm like, I just can't do it anymore, but we have to keep doing it. We have to keep talking. We have to keep having conversations like this and, you know, having people see each other as, people trying to move through life and we need to be there for each other. And I know that might sound corny, but that's what we need to do. And,
2: and I have the luxury, I have the luxury like you do in, in one way, Mo, that I can, I could thin myself up potentially. It would freak everybody out, but I could thin myself up and and put on my, you know, my closet clothes, if you You will. can't
3: thin yourself up. I've never seen that one, Sherry. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: It's <laughs> a challenge. There's a challenge. There's a
2: challenge. Yep. A challenge. You, I I okay. You, I, you guys I'm, okay. Not, I'm not I am not we just one? go
3: off script and talk about the stitch fix, stitch fix uh, <laughs> outfit you
2: ordered. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but if we look at that, Mo, I don't I have the luxury of 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 taking that off and, and setting it outside in my car before I head into a house. You cannot take off the color of your skin before you head into a house. That to me is is a challenge onto its own on top of the, the homosexuality thing we, but we do have a something in common and that's being told we're less than right. And that's being and treated like we're less than, and I think that's the biggest thing is, is when you sit down at that table and you have that discussion across the many people that reside in that 65% is what is the common thing that we want to have more better you know, what is that common thing? Because we can disagree on eight out of 10 things. But what are the two things that we feel like we can make a difference on? That's probably what our side doesn't do a good job at. The other side has a clear mission, man. They, they're heading towards some idealistic 50s. I'll, I'll just say it, Gilead back in the, you know, from Handmaid's Tale. That is that is what they want. And they, they know how to get there by just shaving off every other person, you know, and make them all get into line. And, and and that's that's a scary thing because it's a it's a very well trained, um, well thought out um, uh, modus of attack that they have, and and I think that we have to do better on our side to get that message out that, hey, I know we don't agree on everything, but we do agree that this needs to happen better, and that's that's the message that has to get out there somehow. So I'm
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna put a happier note on this is that uh, we do keep moving forward, and this isn't new. Um, I heard a great uh, piece on NPR this weekend, and they were talking about how history repeats itself. And they were talking specifically about gender. And they said it's always been a tactic to scare people. And um, Mm -hmm. it was in the early 1900s that they were screaming that we were moving into urban areas and into apartment buildings. And they were taking the masculinity out of men and making them feminine because they were never gonna they weren't gonna garden anymore and they were gonna be stuck doing housework and women's work um, so like this has been a scare tactic that's been used by radical groups over and over and over the difference is that social media and the the motion of information in our society is just so much faster that they can grow the the rhetoric faster but the rhetoric hasn't changed it's Mm-mm. it's the same levels of discri- the same discrimination. It's the same scare tactics. And we've overcome it over and over again. So that kind mm-hmm. of gives me hope that we can keep overcoming it and keep pushing back. But we can't sit back and, and let it get the best
2: of us. We have to keep pushing. And and everybody knows that we're way more fun than they are. I mean, let's just say that in open air. Well, the world's falling apart, you know,
3: yeah. when we're fun. We have hope exactly do do you ever think
1: that so like to your point about how they have that mission it's a very target focus almost like you know ruthless like we're Mm -hmm. gonna get there no matter what exactly why is it that you don't think that the 65 percent can take that approach or hasn't happened yet right because it seems pretty it seems pretty simplistic like we have a target and we're going to get to that target no matter what. Like we're, we're all just moving forward, you know, either join us or get left behind, so to speak. But the, the 65 is kind of like, man, eh, let's we don't believe,
2: We don't believe that we should pick that target. Okay. We think that everybody should pick the target they want to go to. That's the difference fundamentally. I mean, fundamentally, I, I don't believe I should tell you any of you what you should or should not think, what you should or should not do, how you should or should not look. You can live your life as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Maybe that's our spot of commonality, right? You can live your life however you want to, and we're all going to be OK. The other one has used this fundamental thing that if we don't get everybody in line to this goal, everybody's going to die. And why, why,
1: why couldn't we get, cause I, like what you just said for me and is, is kind of like the motto of my household and Mo has heard me say this before is 4011, right? So that's the number to my house in the address. And this is what I tell my wife and my kids. I'm like, we focus on what's happening in here. We're not concerned with what's happening out there. Everybody's allowed to do what they want to do as long as we're good. Right. If there's anything that challenges my wife and kids or me, now we got a problem. Right. But I'm not going actively going to my neighbor's house or anybody else to say, I don't like that. I don't like that. You shouldn't do that. Right. So why is it that the commonality can't be like, Hey, let's just come together and, and live our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it, It almost seems like, you know, like you said, the other people are trying to tell you how to do, like, that is the message, right? They have chosen Mm -hmm. that we're going to tell you what we think and how you should go about doing it. Couldn't the, couldn't the 65 come together and say, Hey, our message is just, just do you right. Like, is there a way to, to come around that simple message is do you, I'm going to be over here. Just leave me alone, mm-hmm. I'll leave you alone, type of thing, right? It, it's very simplistic. I know it's much no. more complicated. No. Okay, I, I get I get what you're saying. It's
0: simple. I get it.
1: And and on the surface
0: level, it's all good. But I think with the 35% that is sticking to their to their mission, they're grounded in
2: principle. Hmm. 65%? The, uh, a, a principle. A principle, not necessarily the principle. Yeah. Well, a principle. They, yeah. they stick with it. It's a message.
0: They stick on mm-hmm. task because that's what they believe. They're rooted. And I, that's why I always say to people, I would rather have a conversation with somebody who is openly racist than somebody who smiles in my face but turns around and be like, that. you know, whatever. But I think a lot of people that belong in that 65% are wishy-washy. And they would blow wherever the wind is going to take them that day
3: and then change the next day. I also so we, think people aren't paying attention yeah. either. Like, oh, that's the other thing, yeah. I, I mean, I talk to you know people around me and yeah, I'm a huge consumer of the news and I know what legislation is being changed in this state and I know who's standing up but I talk to the people around me and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, I hate the news. The news is depressing. I don't watch it. So if you're, you know, like there's a good part of our country, right? well, it just doesn't affect me. So I'm going to go stream my favorite, you know, Netflix and not worry about any of
2: it. I don't even know that there's an issue. Like, I I think that I think it comes down to the, the type of leadership that we have right now. We have a very effective leader, very effective leader. He happens to have a stutter. So communication from him is not as smooth as we would like to see it. But he has gotten so much done. Messaging that out has been tough. But I'm going to say three words and you guys are all going to know who I'm talking about. Yes, we can. Obama. Obama. Mm -hmm. During that eight year period of time was probably the most coalesced the 65 percent ever was because they had a leader who had an idea and a mission and a motto. I mean, a great motto. Yes, we can. We were all excited about it. Right. So it's it's almost like we need to get somebody who is a is a professional publicist to get a hold of our our current administration and somehow message out the successes that are going on, and and it's it, it's super important that 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 happened in the next year year and a half because right now there's like thirty people running from the other side, one's one's going on arraignment tomorrow, you know. It couldn't be more of a mess, but yet that mission just keeps marching, doesn't it? They I just want to know,
3: I have, a pre- I have a presentation at the same time, and I'm just not sure what's going to be more interesting. My presentation or the arraignment, I'm just saying. Just like...
1: Well, it'll be covered on every news channel, so I'm sure yeah. you'll be able to absorb it in one form. My
2: presentation or... will not, so there you go. <laughs> so, 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 Alex, I have to ask you, as a fellow Floridian, and I neither one of us are in that area of the state, um, uh, over under 10 times more crazies at the courthouse than there was in New York.
1: You talking about for tomorrow? Yeah. Um, Probably more. I mean, you think it's going to be more? Florida, as you know, you know, it is, is a big, big state for him and, mm-hmm. and for the Republican party. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it, it has been the amount of people that we've had move into the state yep. um, from other areas, uh, you know, and and it, it's just a constant battle. So, you know, New York—I don't think you would, you know, obviously, New York is is a much more liberal state. So, yeah, you have the crazies, but not like not it, like it- not not like. They're gonna get us banned,
0: they're gonna get us banned from YouTube calling
2: them
1: racist. (laughs) Well, well, listen, like I'm just repeating what was said. I that is not my thing. (laughs) You know, everybody here is allowed to to believe and to think and do whatever (laughs) they want. Like at the end, it still hasn't changed, like 4011. Like, you do whatever you're gonna do, we're gonna do what we're gonna do in my household, right? And and whether I agree with you or not or what side may fall on a subject. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I'm gonna treat you like I expect you to treat me regardless of, of what we agree on, what we don't agree on. You know, like Mo and I on a very surface fun level, like we don't agree on some stuff and, and we kind of go back and forth, but at the end of the day, it's always rooted in respect. And, and I always pride myself that whoever I interact with and a lot of the times we're just not gonna agree for whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, you're a human being, mm-hmm. right? And, and you you res- you deserve that respect. That's I will talk to shit. people. I will listen to people. I, I I invite that because it gives me an opportunity to learn, right, because to sit here and think that I know it all or that my opinion is like, no, like I it's, it's, it's an exchange. When it's done right, it's an exchange where hopefully the individuals involved can take something away and say, Hmm, I never thought about that. Right. Right. And, and it may not change anything after that, but at least that person stopped for a second and said, Hmm, I've never, never looked at it that way, or Mm -hmm. I've never thought about it that right. And, you know, I, I stay clear of politics. I stay clear of of religion, even within my family um, because we have, various different opinions on matters, right? But at the end of the day, we're family, we love each other, and we right. move forward as such. And and for me, um, it, it's hopefully where I hope we can get. You know, Tanya said it over, is we just got to love each other. We got to, you know, very move forward in, 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 like it's always said, in love. And, and at this mm-hmm. point, it's been used and overused and just taken the wrong way. But I feel like at the end of the day, that's what we need to do. And hopefully, I pray that one day we can get to a very basic level where we can do that, where we can mm-hmm. just respect individuals as people, you know, respect them for who they are, how they choose to do. And, and as long as they're not infringing, you know, on me or, or pressing on me in some form or fashion, then, you know, live your life because exactly. you only get one. <laughs> so.
2: and, and don't fall victim to fear. I mean that's the that's what they weaponize. I mean that that they've weaponized fear against the unknown, fear against the different. Fear is fear is. Once somebody once said it was false evidence against reality. Fear is you know is lack of education, it's lack of knowledge. You know like you said, walk away from a conversation with someone different with you from you, with with some new understanding, right? Come you know come away with something positive in an interaction versus always having to come away with something negative. I I, I love that thought, Alex.
1: Well, and, and to your point, fear is an emotion,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And what do we know about thoughts and decisions made based off emotion, whether a good emotion or a bad emotion? Like, it's, not, it's never a good thing to do, right? Like, right. we hear a lot of people tell us, you know, if you're angry, take a step away before you decide to do something. You know, even on something as simple as, like, Twitter, like, if you're in a heated, ex- you know, debate or whatever, step away because... That emotion is going to carry you, and it may not carry you in the right way. And the same thing can happen when when you're on a on a high, like things are so good, like you can't, you're not thinking clearly, right? So now,
2: now are you talking about my wife critiquing softball at this point? No, no Don't no. make that emotion. No. That, oh just, yeah, that, He's that's, actually that's doing my presentation
3: it. on emotional intelligence tomorrow. So I'm just going to tap out what Alex tomorrow. There, there you go.
1: go. <laughs> you know, so <laughs>
3: it's just that.
1: Like, I think we, yeah. you know, we the, the objective is to, to invoke an emotion and, and then get people to do something off of that emotion, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, whether it's a good emotion or a bad emotion, it's just generally not a good idea to make any kind of, meaningful decisions based off of that.
0: Pick your battles, pick your battles, pick your battles.
1: Um, I think
0: um, it gives each and every single one of us an opportunity to leave a good mark or make a good first impression. Um, Many times I've gone into certain areas, especially rural areas where someone said, oh, I've never met an immigrant or I've never met a gay person. So the impression that you give to people matters it can change their perspective on certain things um so we do have a chance to take one or two off of the 35 percent um depending on the approach (laughs) so but it's an uphill battle i think the toughest part will be convincing the other 65 to move in unison so um i really want to thank both of you for being on this episode tonight um I've got a lot more information on uh, PT Proud, and I'll definitely. Um, Sherry, can you remind us what's the link to register? If So you have to also be a member of the
2: Academy of Leadership and Innovation, and then on their website. Oh, man, that's, that's another section I have to go pay for? Yes and um if you, if you
3: Wait, i thought you were gonna do that at csm
1: you told me you're gonna do that at csm i'm
3: already in private practice i'm already in, in home health i'm ready Mo,
1: like not, to the maryland you, you know outed yourself <laughs> out Mo.
2: Uh-oh. okay fine 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 i'm gonna register well, first, before you come to, before you come to PT Proud, though, check with your sections that you're currently a member of and see if they have a a, a PT Proud type committee, because you may be able to or, to go ahead and help them organize. I'm not no, trying. Listen, Mo, we are uh, over at PT Proud. Want, you, we There's want want you with right us here. <laughs> don't get it twisted. We want you with us. But but at the same time, if you don't have time to to juggle another section, there might be a another group. But, uh, 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 we can add it. We can add it. Alex, remind me. Hey, Alex, I shouldn't be
0: the only one being invited to to become a member. Yeah. Anyway, well, Alex. Listen. Well, listen. Alex requires APTA membership yeah.
1: <laughs> apparently. So we we, we got to start with step one. <laughs> <laughs> but so yes,
3: I feel, Alex, I do want to say something because it, it it does make me sad when I hear that people say they're they're not members of the APTA, and I'm not trying to do a plug for the APTA here, but. To change something, you have to be working within it. Absolutely. And when people step out and check out and say, it's not doing anything for me, it's not representing me, and then I'm not a member anymore, then it can never do what you need it to do because you're not there. You're not at the table. 100%. I always encourage people, get, get your membership back and get involved and make the changes. And that's what I keep hoping that we can doing. And I have seen changes. It's, it's, I mean, PT Proud didn't exist years ago and it mm-hmm. exists now. So, you know, we got to change that, be part of that and and make that change and make it be what it is. I Sitting think, I think and tapping I'm tapping out. you. 100%, 100%.
1: You're, no, um, you're actually right. I've kind of taken the approach where, uh, for me, it's like the, the things that I would like to see, I've done it trying to do it on a much smaller scale, mm-hmm. um, trying to use this platform um, and, and other ways to kind of make the impact that I would like to see. Um, but eventually I, I may get to that point where, you know, the dollars make sense and, and, and that kind of stuff. You know, the other being completely honest, is just like it's just the monetary value itself. Right, it's yeah, not. It's
3: expensive. You're right. It,
1: it's not the value. Like for me, I've been doing this long enough. I've been involved, um, officially, unofficially, uh, to know there's stuff there. We've had guests who are higher ups in the APTA. We had former APTA president mm-hmm. as one of our guests. Right. Great so session, by the
0: way. Yeah, that was. Thank a good you. Session. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So it, it, you know, I know the the value is there, but there's the value and then there's the price tag, right? Nice, so nice. even though, even though the, the price is what you pay, value is what you get type of thing, um, you know, I got a couple of to feed and, and some other stuff we got going on. So, you know, you gotta start picking and choosing what makes sense we're going to get to a
0: point where the podcast is going to pay for Alex's membership. There we <laughs> go. We go.
3: Yeah.
0: There we go. There
3: we go. I think that should be written into his agreement. That uh, his membership is off the top of the podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: But, but anyways, thank you. Thank you both very much. Really do appreciate you taking the time to be with us tonight. A um, lot of good information, a lot of good discussion. Um, and, and hopefully... It, it leads to more discussion, you know, outside of our podcast and, and into the rooms and the, the groups that, that need to be having these conversations.
2: And and I'm a fan of y'all's podcast. So thank you so much thank for you. having me on. Yes. Thank you for, a, for, thank you for the invite and happy pride. Happy, happy pride.
3: pride.
1: I was always, thank you everybody. All our supporters, our fans keep liking, subscribe, share all that good stuff. on um, All our platforms, you know, The Twitter, IG, all that good stuff. As always, everybody have a good evening. And again, be safe. Thank you very much.